Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. All right, so... I hope everybody is doing fine tonight. We will go ahead and get started with Bible study. Um, Typically, I ask my mom uh, or anyone else if my mom isn't available to pray us in. But tonight we're having a prayer meeting. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about our definition for tonight. And then I'll go ahead and um, there are four points that the Lord put in my spirit and and case you guys on zoom are a little wondering why I'm looking that way I have you here and the camera there just clearing that up but definition we'll talk about our four points and the relevant scriptures that the Lord gave me for it and then we'll go ahead and hop into the prayer meeting so to start us off our Greek word for the night is perica perak aliho or leo I'm butchering that, I know. Forgive me, please. And I will put that on screen for you guys. All right. So, Perak Aliho is to call to or for to exhort, to encourage. It means I send for, summon, invite, I beseech, entreat, beg, I exhort, admonish, I comfort, encourage, console. It derives from the word para, which means from close beside, and kaleo, which means to call. Properly, it means make a call from being close up and personal. And then it means to personally make a call. It refers to us, the believers, offering up evidence that stands up in God's court. So it means that we're offering up evidence that stands up in God's court. Now, I, I don't like the word ironic when it comes to the 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 ministry and when it comes to these divine happenstances that God allows but as we've talked about in the past we've talked about double jeopardy and double jeopardy being that you cannot be charged for the same crime twice so <clears throat> if the heavenly realm the before the throne of grace and mercy is like a courtroom because our enemy the adversary is consistently accusing us day and night We bring forth evidence to the father claiming why we're innocent. The main evidence would be, uh, it would be, what's the word for it? Well, it would be exhibit A. Thank you, Jesus. It would be exhibit A, which is Jesus's life for us. He gave it on the cross, on Calvary. And when he died and rose on the third day, we were admonished for all of our sins. All we have to do in order to pick up that tab that Jesus so beautifully paid for us is to one, acknowledge that God is real to acknowledge that Jesus is the only begotten son of the most high God, accept what he did on Calvary by coming down in a body like yours and mine. And then all we have to do from there is to take up our cross, which is to put us down and to pick Jesus up by studying the word, actively making it a part of our lives And then when we start to live that out, then, (laughs) well, as you can see, we we have things like this. Once you start really walking out the word, we have ministry, we have the church actually doing what the church was intended to do, and that's to be there for one another. So, like I said, we have a prayer meeting tonight, and our prayer meeting is a spiritual bar fight part two, breakthrough edition. We did the first spiritual bar fight toward the end of August last year. And as I was waiting on the Lord to give me something for this week, it was like, hey, prayer meeting time. There are some things that need to be taken care of. So our four points, as I read them off, I'm going to go ahead and read their adjacent scriptures and talk about it briefly. Point number one, public opinion or fitting in. We love to have cliques. We love to, to try to, to make friends with similar interests. We like to work in places that cater to our needs, uh, so to say. 
Well, the thing with fitting in, and there's that old cliche, when in Rome, do what the Romans do. But we know that we're not supposed to look like this world. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be the ones that stick out like a sore thumb. In a crowd of people, if someone cannot identify you as being the oddball out, then perhaps you need to take a step back and look at yourself and examine yourself according to the law of liberty. So Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 5, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I want to stop right there real quick. It's our reasonable service to serve God by making this, this, this human condition of ours, obey him. We've talked about this scripture in various ways, shape, forms, and fashion throughout the months we've been doing Bible study. And it's very important tonight because before we hop into prayer, I want to stress the point that it's not about us fitting in with people. It's about us sticking out so that they can fit in with God. If they don't have an example to look at, through our lives, which isn't even us anymore, but it's God who's walking this life out through us, making the changes as we go on when we acknowledge them and acknowledge him and allow him to work and recover, work and restore, work and renew, work and transform and do whatever else he needs to do in our lives so that we can be more and more like him. If we don't allow that to happen, then it's just like Jesus said, what good is salt that doesn't have flavor? Can you give the flavor back? No. So it's just thrown out and trampled upon. I'm going to pick back up in verse two. So continuing reading, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. As I was studying through my, my uh, various Bible lessons I have last night, I read something that said humility isn't about thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking of yourself less. See, when you study the word, when you really start to build your relationship and your rapport with God, you start to realize that you don't need to talk down about you because you is nothing without Jesus. We've talked about various lessons where our actual identity is wrapped up inside of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We don't know who we are until we get to know who God is. We don't know what love is until we get to know who God is. We don't know our purpose for our lives until we get to know who God is. We may not know what tomorrow brings, but if you acknowledge who God is, you know the person who holds tomorrow in his hands. The beautiful thing about us not fitting in with this world is that we already have a place where we belong and that's wrapped up inside the loving arms of our most gracious God who didn't have to do it but sent his son to die for you and for me so that we could have everlasting life and not just everlasting life but that the life he gives us would be in abundance an abundance of joy of peace of love of prosperity of whatever it is we need now that's not to say that we won't go through things because jesus went through things and he himself said that the the slave is not better than the master or the student is not better than the teacher. So because he went through, we have to go through. But the thing is, unlike the lie the world sells you, it's that when we experience things, we experience it in and with God. So stop worrying about public opinion. Don't worry about what social media says, what the news says, what the government is talking about, what some agenda is in this world. The only agenda that matters is God's. And if you stick to his plan, then you'll be fine when everything else is chaotic. Point number two, mental health. 
we're in a pandemic. We're still in a pandemic. Uh, come March, God willing, if he does not clear up the pandemic, we'll have been in it for an entire year. A lot of people have met their breaking points. A lot of people have already cracked. A lot of people are dealing with a lot that they're not accustomed to. Some some of us who would try to run from things, we're met in a place where everything's just slamming on us because the brakes have been put in hold. But the beautiful thing about God is that not only does he care about your spirit and your body, but he cares about your mind. As we just talked about it in the public opinion section of this, and as we've talked about it in the past, the fight for the souls are, well, for the spirits are one. Jesus died once for all, so everybody who wants it can get it. It's free opportunity. But once you get Jesus, your task is to take the word, eat it, consume it, live by it, reflect on it, let it cut head to toe, whatever needs to be cut so that you can look more and more like Jesus and less and less like this world. I'll put it on screen. It's John chapter 14, verse 27, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 7, and Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. And the Bible says, Jesus starting off, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Then in 1 Peter 5, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside selfish pride or self-righteous pride, forgive me, so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time, casting all your cares all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. And then wrapping up in Philippians chapter four, don't worry about anything. Let me say that again. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not sure if I ever shared with you guys my personal testimony about my own mental health. A few years ago, I believe I was 19 or 20 at the time, one of the two. I was on my way to run an errand for my grandmother to pick up some water and some other things for the house. And on my way to the store, uh, another driver ran a stop sign, ran through the intersection and, you know, we we T-boned. At first I was OK. The, the lady was OK. We were fine. The cops came. Paramedics came. We went our separate ways. A few days later. My knee starts to really hurt. So I go to the doctor, x-rays, etc. Nothing's wrong that they can see soft tissue injury. But at some point, as I'm trying to return to work, both my knees just don't work anymore. And it's to the point to where now I'm at home. I'm in bed almost 24-7. I had plans that summer. Like we all do. We like to make our plans and then try to go carry them out. As I'm sitting there really losing it because this was I'm like, this is my summer. I'm going to save some money. I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm preparing for summer school. None of that happened. But here's the thing. Two things I want to stress, actually. One, I'm still here because of the grace of God. And two, he allowed this situation because of the path that I was putting myself on. Remember, we talked about it. When you walk your way, you hit a wall like the one right behind me. And when you hit that wall, it hurts. But because God loves you so much, sometimes he doesn't let you hit the wall. But instead, he'll send something to deter you so that you can stop leaning to the left or to the right. And that he'll take his loving arms and put you right back in place where you need to be. Now. Again, I'm bedridden. All I can do is cry and look to no one because no one can help me. It's it's my knees. I went to therapy. Therapy didn't help. But I began to pray one day, really earnestly pray. 
and I begged the Lord to show me what was wrong with me. Because after going to the doctors multiple times and pain meds and therapy, I should have been better. But what I realized is that the need wasn't physical. It was a spiritual need. So when I got my mental situation a little thrown off and I'm not blaming God because we don't blame God. Everything that happens 100 percent of the time is because of a choice we make. And the things like that car accident that God allows to happen serves a greater purpose. I wouldn't be here tonight sharing testimonies or teaching or preaching or doing whatever it is God has for my life had not been for that car accident all those years ago. But when I talked to God and he got things right with me because he showed me what was wrong and I'm like, well, Father, how do I fix it? And when things start to get fixed, I I made some mistakes after I've shared plenty of them with you guys. But the point is, is that we know that sanctification is a real process. It doesn't happen overnight. But because God worked with me, because I was allowing him to be my God and I wasn't placing him inside of a box, expecting these certain circumstance and criteria that need to be met for God to work. No. Instead, I took God out of the box that my heart had put him in because we need a heart transplant, ladies and gentlemen. And when I allowed that to happen, then I started to see God and the way that I needed to see him as the alpha and the omega, as the beginning and the end, as the first and last, as my risen king. He is risen. Not he has risen, but he is risen, meaning he has been alive for all eternity. And no matter what people may like to say or scoff about, our God is real and his name is Jesus. And anybody who's listening or in this meeting right now knows that God has done something in their lives throughout their lives. So our mental health, God cares about it. Talk to him about things. I had no option but to talk about God because I was basically paralyzed. And now that we're in a pandemic and we're still in it, take this time to really talk to God. Get some things off your chest. Reflect. Do the introspection. Take the word. Read it. Look in the mirror. See what God is pointing out, because that's our theme for this year. He's speaking. Are you listening? He's showing. Are you seeing? He wants to talk to you. But are you giving him the time of day? Our third topic, identity or self-awareness. Again, stemming off of mental health. We're in a pandemic. People are losing themselves because the person that they knew was wrapped up in work. The person that they knew was wrapped up in in being this job and being this person that people go to and being the doer and being the and whatever it is. But they don't know who they are. So when your life, which is the job or that person you were with or your spouse or your kids or whatever it is, when that has to stop, you don't know who you are because what you thought was you was just something that you can do. But that isn't you. We talked about this maybe a few weeks ago about not serving the resource, but serving the source. I love my family, but they are a resource that God has planted in my life so that we can help each other out. But they're not the source. I'm grateful for the technology that allows the Bible study to get to you guys. But this is a resource. It's not my source. I'm grateful to God for all that he's done and all the opportunities that he's placed in my life. But those opportunities are not my source. They're my resource. Everything that I am and that I have stems from the almighty. So we need to acknowledge him. Well, we know who God is. And if you don't, please check out some previous Bible studies. His name is Jesus. When we get to the prayer meeting, we'll open that up. But when it comes to us, we need to know who we are. So in Colossians chapter three, verses one through five, now I'll put that on screen. The Bible says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you have died to this life. And your real life, it's in bold and it's highlighted, is hidden within Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, 
is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Now, this scripture has popped up a few times now, I believe. But it's very important because we need to continually remind ourselves that who you see in the mirror when you go to fix your hair, brush your teeth, when you hop out the shower, that's not who you should be looking for. What you should be looking for is to see if your little light, just like the song says, if that little light of yours is really shining. You need to determine whether or not, according to the word, if Jesus has really taken root in your life, if you're the, the, the fertile soil where the word took root, the seed, which is God's word, has been implanted inside of you, and now it's impregnated your spirit, and you've been watered with the word, you've been showing forth fruit by making uh, applicable applications throughout your life, by helping one another, by really growing, and when life's trials start to sway and push at you, you don't just fall away. You don't just break. But your roots are really deep and they are just wrapped up around the Lord like this. And because they're wrapped up around him, no matter what Satan tries to do, you can't be pulled away. Because when God holds you in his hand, no one, no thing, no ideology, no false religion, no false prophet, no demon, not even the gates of hell that's themselves can rip you out of the Lord's hand because there is none stronger than the Lord God, our father and his son who died on the cross for you and for me. Because of his sacrifice, we're eternally protected, eternally provided for, and we have an eternal home that once we get done working here, we can go rest. So because you know who you are in Christ and as you get to know Jesus more personally for yourself, he'll reveal to you who you are, why you were created. And we were all created to praise him, to worship him and what your purpose is for being here. You don't have to live life without purpose. You don't have to live life going from one job to another that just pays good, but you don't have, you're not feeling fulfillment. You don't have to keep drinking down that bottle, hoping you'll feel better. You don't have to keep drugging yourself up. You don't have to keep having sex with random people by drowning out the day in pornography. You don't have to keep torturing yourself by placing yourself in these abusive situations and making excuses you don't have to keep being the abuser to you all you have to do is acknowledge who God is what he's done for all of us and what he wants to do in your life and that's to heal you if you're already saved that's to save you from eternal damnation if you don't already know him and that's to just give you the best life imaginable which is only inside of him because there is no life outside of God. And our last point, and then we'll hop into the, the prayer. Crop failure. Curse the roots. I've been hearing about crop failure a lot the past few days, especially because my aunt and my grandmother have been doing this, uh, this, this Bible fast regarding that. Now, the thing about crop failure is it's that when things are planted in a garden, they usually grow together. And Jesus gave the parable about it about the good seed that grew up with the weed and then the weeds try to choke it out. And then he gave the the parable about the wheat and the parable about the weeds that grew with that or the wheat and the tear, I believe, as the King James says. And when the farm hands asked the, the farmer in charge, uh, do you want us to just cut everything down? He was like, no, if you do that, then you'll cut down the wheat too. Instead, let everything grow. And when it's time to harvest, when we pick everything, we'll separate the good plants from the bad plants. And then we'll take the bad plants, we'll wrap them up and we'll throw them in the furnace to be burned. If that's not plain enough, what Jesus is saying is that this world has good and bad people. And we know that the Lord does not spare his son. He does not spare the weather. He does not spare any of the norm, the normal things just because people don't worship him. 
But those who don't worship him are going to be in for a rude awakening because the Bible says that the only heaven they'll ever know is here on earth. And earth ends, but God doesn't end. This life, this body ends, but the everlasting life that Jesus died and paid for will never go away. So in Matthew chapter 21, verse eight, verses 18 through 22. The Bible says in the morning as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if that word we talked about last week, you have faith and don't doubt. You can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. I'll briefly talk about that word if for us and we'll hop into prayer as the Lord finishes exhorting this through me. If in the Greek means that there are certain criteria that are met. And when it's met, it opens up a realm of possibilities for things that can be or things that could be. When you come to God, you're presented with that if. I can receive everything the Lord is telling me about if I choose to believe in him. The outcome is eternal life, blessings. You actually start to grow and get past things. Or the other set of possibilities is you stay in the world. You continue to trick yourself and drink the Kool-Aid, as we've so heard. And you keep doing it and doing it and things get worse and worse. And you may think it seems to get better, but it doesn't. And then one day you die. And then what? You wake up in a burning hell, crying out, asking God to forgive you. But it's too late when you might have had 107 years here to do it. When all it would have taken was five short minutes of your time to acknowledge you were wrong. God doesn't even want to hold it over your head. He just wants you to say, hey, look, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. And he's like, that's all I've been waiting on. Here's my right hand. Take it. Let me dust you off. Give you a bath, some new clothes. I'm going to teach you all that you need to know. And then once you're nice and ready, I'm going to send you out to go get more brothers and sisters. Now, my brothers and sisters, I want to stress this and then we'll go into the prayer. It's that when there are things in your life that do not produce the fruit that is appealing to our Lord. See, our Lord is hungry for justice. Our Lord is hungry for righteousness. Our Lord is hungry for holiness. And in order for us to be able to show that we are real workmen, good children of his that don't need to be ashamed, but that can rightly divide this word of truth and really help out one another. We take it, we eat it, we make it applicable, we live it through the strength of the Holy Spirit. And then when we do, when we do all that is required of us, then God is shown off in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. And when that happens, he's well pleased. But when there are parts of our lives that don't line up with God, Just as Jesus told the fig tree to die, we too, in Jesus' name, can tell those heirs of our life that they need to go. They need to perish. They need to cease to exist. That part of me that used to be hung up on porn and everything else that was wrong. One day when I truly found the strength inside of Jesus to talk to it and tell it that it needed to go. To forgive the part of my past from when I was six years old that put me on that path. That, Lord, I acknowledge it. I was hurting. I didn't forgive this person, but I forgive them, not for them, but for my sake, Lord, because I can't be bitter. I can't keep doing this and hurting myself. And in doing that, you start to to feel so free, like we talked about last week. And that freedom also causes death to whatever part of your life was slowly poisoning the rest of the crop. So those generational curses, those 
vile imaginations that can be rained down through the power of prayer and everything else because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are spiritual because of everything God has given us talk to those issues in your life if you've been following this Bible study or somebody else's who's been used by God you're being equipped to talk to the issue to talk to the storm to tell it that Jesus Christ is Lord and that because I am his and he is mine that nothing formed against me can prosper the enemy can try and get real close to you but the second he tries to touch he has to back off because he's trespassing the second he wants to take you out that's not and that's not under his authority anymore because when jesus rose from the dead he rose with all power of life and death of the power of hell and grave in his hand and he put everything back into subjugation unto him so with that being said Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer saying, thank you, Lord. We thank you for this prayer meeting. Lord, we thank you for the act of prayer itself, which is to call out to you, God. We don't just pray when we need something, but Father, we pray just to talk to you. Just as we talk to one another, God, we know that we can talk to you. And that direct gateway that has been given to us is because of the, the straight gate himself, which is Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior. And when the gate opened and asked if we wanted to go through, it was you inside of us who unctioned us to say yes, God, because we couldn't choose you. Only you could choose us. But because you were so merciful to choose us and let us see that we were wrong and that you were right, God, we started walking down the street called straight. And when we started walking down that street, things started falling off of us. The depression that we would carry because we felt we weren't good enough. The anxiety that we held because we felt that we couldn't do something. The doubt that we had because we felt like we weren't equipped enough. But God inside of you, we have everything that we need. We have the knowledge when we need it because the Holy Spirit is the teacher of all. We have the right words at the right time because you promised us that you would place your words upon our lips. And that when we were carried off before kings and courts and governments, that we wouldn't have to worry about what to say. Because, Lord, you would be the one to speak to us right then and there through us, for us, for your name's sake, God. So, Heavenly Father, as we come before you in prayer with this this prayer meeting with these spiritual tactical nukes that you're equipping us with right now to tear down the shackles father god i'm asking that anybody who's still struggling with trying to fit in with this world that they would just give it up god because fitting in with the world friendship with the world is trying to be an enemy of yours god for you yourself said that we are either for you or against you god so i pray that all those under the sound of your voice through me your mic god tonight and whenever they listen to this message, Lord, that if they don't already know you, that they would get to know you, Father, because you're so loving, so kind, so forgiving that you sent your only begotten son while we were yet still your enemies, Father God, to die for us, Lord. You made us right before your sight through Christ Jesus, God. It's not something that we can work for. It's not something that we can earn. It's not something that we can buy because we don't have any money or anything valuable to trade you, God. But it is a free gift, Lord. So thank you, Father God, for the family of faith, which is the body of Christ, Lord. Thank you for being the head of it. Thank you for watching over every single one of us. Thank you, Lord, for watching over every single hair on our body because you have them numbered down to the very last one, God. Thank you for making a way out of no way, Lord. Lord, thank you for all that you do, for all that you've done, and for all that you're going to do. Because, God, if we didn't have you, then this world would be hopeless and pointless and fruitless, and it would just be one big gigantic cesspool waiting to be washed away. But, Father God, because of your grace, your mercy, your majesty, your dominion, your power, your almightiness, Father God, because of the reverential fire of the Holy Spirit that is placed in every single one of us, your children, God, we can do a thing. We can say a thing and expect it to be done because of the hope and the faith that you've instilled inside of us. Lord, the things we go through provide us with more faith because then we can see what else you've brought us out of, God. And then it gives us hope because when we enter into a new situation, Lord, I know you brought me out of those things, so I can't wait to see how you bring me through or bring me out of this thing. 
Father God, then I ask that you would cater to the mental health of all those who are listening to your message and all those who aren't, Father, because these are really trying times. And even us, your babies, God, we struggle. We're not perfect, but God, you're perfect. And because you watch over us, because you tend to our needs, because you know our needs before we even have a prayer to ask them, God, we're coming before you today asking you to just cater to our needs, God, that as we humbly throw ourselves before the throne of grace and mercy, pleading with you to just show us a little bit more of that grace and mercy, that we know that we have faith, that we have the hope that things not only will just get better, but they have to get better, Lord, because it's not time just yet, Lord. For the Bible says that no man knows the day nor the hour, not even the son, just the father. But God, you gave us signs to let us know when things would be coming close to an end. And God, it's getting awfully close. So you've sent your your teachers, your preachers, your prophets, your evangelists and all those who work within this this ministry of yours, Christ Jesus, to help get more souls saved, to stress the point that hell is a very real place but that if they would just repent and hearken unto you and really receive the grace and mercy that our Lord Jesus the Christ died for on Calvary, then we would have nothing to fear. And that all the anxious attacks that the enemy tries to send against us, all the depression tactics, all the angry fights that we may get into, that they don't have to stay in our lives, God, because you are king and you are sovereign. Because of your blood that still works, that will never stop working, It's the blood that is pleaded over us right now, Heavenly Father, that allows us to keep fighting, to keep pressing, that even when we are sad, even when we are angry, even when we are upset with one another, we can be just like you and we can be slow to anger, Father God, because it's your strength, not us. We can do nothing on our own, but God, because you empower us to do everything, We can come before you putting pride down because there is no use for pride in the kingdom of the Lord. And we can put it down, God, and we can be humble and meek and lowly, just like the little children you told us we should be like, because it's only the children in your eyes, Lord, that will inherit the kingdom of heaven. So, God, I ask that as you restore our mental health, you would also restore us in terms of humility, Father, that everything that you allow to happen in our lives isn't to take us out but it is to break off another mold of earthly impurity so that we can be imbued with more heavenly restoration, Father God. And then, Lord, for those of us who struggle with our identity, for those of us who aren't self-aware of what we are to you, Christ Jesus, Lord, we are your most prized possessions, that even though we've done you so wrong throughout the walks of life, even though we keep doing wrong to you, Father God, you love us so much that you give us chance after chance to get it right. And then after salvation, Father, you keep correcting us because you love us, Lord. The word says that you chastise those whom you love. And because you're a merciful God, just like earthly parents do, you don't always whip us, but you show us grace and mercy when we need it, God. And when you do whip us, you don't beat us half to death, Lord, but instead you scare us straight just like a good parent does, Lord. So, Father God, for all those who are struggling, let them know that if they would just find you, God, because you've sent a measure of faith inside of every person who was born, who is born, and who will be born, that once they hear the gospel, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, our risen King, the King of kings, the host of hosts, the Lord of lords, the wise counselor, the good Father, once they hear about him, Lord, then that measure would be activated. And just like the woman who put the, the, the one measure, that little inkling of yeast inside the three measures of flour, that it would permeate throughout the entirety of that bread. Well, your word permeates throughout the entirety of our spirit, God. And we don't have a choice but to love you. We don't have a choice but to serve you, God. And because we serve you, because we worship you, Heavenly Father, we get to know who you are from a personal standpoint it's not slave to master anymore in the in the way that we know as earthly people but it is 
father to child, Lord. It is father to servant, God. We are your humble servants, Lord, those of us who hearken out unto your name, who cry out to you in every hour of the day, and especially in those midnight hours when we're laying there awake fighting with things. But Lord, we know that we don't have to fight anything because the battle is yours, Lord. It's not ours, and the war itself is already won. So thank you, for showing us the expected end, which is you wrapping everything up and calling everything back into yourself, destroying the old and creating the new, Lord, by having Satan himself kneel down with anyone else who has rejected you, acknowledging both on the earth, above it, below it, and in all creation, that Jesus Christ is Lord, according to the glory of the Most High Father himself. And Father God, we thank you for allowing us to know who you are right now, that in our youth, Lord, that we would get to know you, that while we're still able to, before things get too hard and before our hearts harden and turn to stone, that we would come to know you. And for those who are older that get to know you right now, Lord, as long as they get to know you, that's what counts. But my prayer, Father, is that we wouldn't wait, we wouldn't tarry to get to know you, but instead that we would come running towards you because this world doesn't have anything to offer us. This world confuses us. This world hurts us. This world abuses us. This world tortures us. But Lord God, you take that pain, that suffering, just like you did when you were on Calvary, Christ Jesus. You bore it all for all of us. And when we trade our yoke with your yoke, Lord, when we take off this this saddle and take that rod out of our mouth from the wagon of our sins and trespasses that we were carrying, and when we give it to you and we're given new clothes and we're sat down before your feet, Lord, being taught, being fed, being taken care of, getting the hugs that we needed, Father, getting the correction, getting the love, getting the gifts, the grace, the mercy, the blessings, whatever it is that we need, Lord, then we can share that with other people, Father. And then, Lord, I thank you for the crop failure in all of our lives, Lord, the crop failure of those crops that don't belong to you, Lord. Though our sins were many and though they were red like scarlet, you washed them whiter than snow. Though they were terrible and atrocious and stunk before your most holy presence, you didn't care about the smell, Lord, because we needed to be saved. And Lord, I thank you for being our Savior, Christ Jesus. I thank you for picking up a lowly little boy like me out of my pit of disparity, God, and turning my life around, Father. I thank you for blessing me with the ability to, to teach and preach your word. It's not because I'm good, Lord, but it's because you're good. And it's not because I deserve to work, but Lord, it's because so you can show people just how good you really are. So, Father God, if there's anyone out there who's listening, not just to the message you've given me, but to the message that you've given all my brothers and sisters who put the word out there, who put the testimony of who you are and how good you are out there, God, and my humble desires that they would be saved that there would be crop failure in their lives in terms of worldliness, in terms of drugs, in terms of sex and alcohol and whatever else that would try to lead them and keep them down, God, that once they get delivered from this world and start walking high and mighty in salvation, not because they're high and mighty, but because you're the almighty God, that once they start to really experience you and the things from the past try to creep up, that you would be right there opening the door, daring them to come in knowing that they can't because no weapon formed against us can prosper lord it can form it can do its best to rear its ugly head but it can't touch us because of your word lord god so father we thank you for the seal of your blood lord the seal of your blood which made a new covenant between you and us your lowly creations heavenly father though we keep doing you wrong you keep loving us and even after salvation when we keep messing up lord you keep giving us new chances you keep showing us how good of a god you are so father my desire isn't that we would live in your permissive will lord where you right the wrongs and make everything work out for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose but we live in your holy perfect will lord where we don't have to keep getting things 
corrected, but we can just take your word and live by it. We can have faith in you, Christ Jesus, that if we would just uphold your law, and we only have one, which is to love you, the Lord our God, with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, Lord. If we would just do that, then the entirety of the law would be fulfilled because we don't live according to statutes anymore. We live according to love. And if we know who you are, Christ Jesus, then we know what real love is. So let your love shine in all of our hearts who have called out to you that those who don't know you just yet would say, hey, that person looks real peculiar. Well, your word says that we're a peculiar people that we are a royal priesthood and that we've been chosen and appointed before the, the foundations of the world was laid to serve you, Lord, to worship you, to get more people in on the good news because your news is the only good news. I know we got a new president, but there's nothing he can do for us if you don't allow good to come from it. I know we're in a pandemic and people are dying, but Lord, souls are getting saved People are going home to be with you that need rest, God. I know things are crazy. I know things don't make sense. And I know a lot of people are hurting or at their wits end. But God, you don't have an end. And all you have to do is just come to us who call out to you, Lord. And all we have to do is come to you. But we can't do it without that unctioning. We can't do it without the word. So Lord, raise up more workers. Raise up more people who have a an humble and a contrite heart who would willingly do the work, who would willingly say, yes, Lord, I'll go. Yes, Lord, I'll jump. Yes, I'll bring them in. It doesn't matter if they wronged me because you said to love our enemies, Lord. Lord, you loved us while we were yet still enemies. So it's the least we can do for one another because of the community that you've placed for us to see how you work in true oneness, God. We are there for one another in the body of Christ. For those of us who are strong in some areas where others are weak, we're supposed to be there for them and vice versa, God, until they can do it on their own. And your word says for us to not fall prey to the same sins that they're dealing with. Well, we can't do that without you, Jesus. Your word continually shows us that as much good as we can do with you, we can't do anything without you, God. So, Father, be the God of not a part of our lives, not 50 percent of our lives, but be the God of 100 percent of our lives, Lord. You're either God of all or not God at all, Lord. You don't play second fiddle. You don't have someone that comes before you, but no, God, you go first. And if we're guilty of not having you first in our lives and in our hearts, then please forgive us and, uh, and just take that spot which you so rightfully deserve, Father. And Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you so very much that we can just come to you like this as a family. It goes from servant to master, from child to, to father, God. And I love that transition so much that, Lord, once we acknowledge you, you just say, baby, sit down and tell me what's up. How's your day been? What's wrong? Do you need something? Do you want something? And everything that we ask for, once our wills start lining up with your wills, would be done so in Jesus's name, because his job is to, to bring glory to the Father. And the Father will bring glory unto the Son. And because we are one with you, God, our lives should be bringing you glory. And we should be humble servants unto one another so that your will can be done. Lord, those of us you have blessed to be up there should be real low down here, God, because you rejected your divinity and became the lowliest of servants so that we could have a way. You made a way out of no way. You, be, you were always the way the truth, the life, and the light of this world. And if that's true to us, God, then let it show in our lives. Thank you for the power of prayer. Thank you, God, that it can destroy vile imaginations and obliterate strongholds and break generational curses. The power of prayer, Lord, isn't to change your mind or to try to sway you, but it opens up a direct pathway between us, the servant, and you, the master, so that you can change something on the inside, so that you can stir up courage, so that you can implant more strength, so that you can teach us a thing, so that you can show us a thing, so that you can have 
have your way in our lives. And all we have to do, God, is to just be available to you, Lord. You gave us hands, eyes, feet. You gave us a body. You gave us a mind and a will of our own. So, God, because you blessed us with all those things and you give gifts that you don't take away, Lord, because of all those things, I'm asking that we would just be more available to you, Father God, so that when you call upon us, we'll be ready to go. So that when you check in on us, just like the parable of the servant who was taking care of the other servants, you would come back and find the house in order, God, that we weren't slacking, that we weren't goofing off, but that we were doing what you asked of us. And you don't ask a lot, Lord. If you would allow me to put it into a simple translation, you only ask us to be open so that you can use us so that you can be the one to do the work. And that you can tag all the benefits of the glory on it on us, God. We don't we don't work and not eat, God. But because we work for you, Father, you feed us heavenly manna, which is your word. And it's real sweet like honey, but it sits bitter. So we have to share it. So, Father, I thank you for the word, which not only nourishes, but has to come out to grab somebody else, Lord. Your love is beyond compare. Your love doesn't make sense according to Webster's Dictionary because we've wronged you so much. But your love, which is heavenly and perfect, says, I don't care what you did. I love you and I want to show you how much I love you. So here's my gift. Here's my offer. Come to me, all you who labor and weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come Learn from me because I'm meek and lowly in heart. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Father God, we love you. We love you so much that we can never thank you enough. Lord, just have your way in all of us. And because of the come to me, if someone doesn't know you, Father, just have your way in their hearts tonight, Lord. Set them up to be in a, a precarious situation so that they have no option, no friend, no family member to call on, but they have to turn to you, Christ Jesus, so that they can experience the same love that brings me to tears every time I think about it. The same love that allows the elders of the church to get up and run around, even though their bodies ache and hurt. The same love that says enough is enough. Stop hurting yourself. Let me show you how to take better care of yourself because it won't be you, but it'll be me. Thank you, Lord. And Father God, we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor and all the glory, which you so rightly deserve because it alone belongs to you. Continually destroy the shackles of the enemy and of bondage on all of our lives, God. And where we are weak, Lord, you can be real strong because it's in the impossible that you show men just how possible things are with you, God. So thank you for everything, Lord, and thank you for everything to come. It's these things we thank you for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.